Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to another episode of What in the Wellness. As always, I love to hear your feedback, suggestions for new topics, questions that you would like answered, maybe even a guest that you would like to have on, or maybe you'd like to be the guest yourself. Either way, I'd love to hear from you. Please feel free to reach me by email or message. Uh, You guys know where to do that. Now, let's get started for today's episode. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of What in the Wellness, a global perspective on integrative health. I'm Ansley Knopf, your host, and I'm super excited to have another like-minded and super awesome coach with us today. And her name is Catherine, and she's going to introduce herself and give you guys a little bit of background on how she got into coaching, where she's at, what life is like for her as a military spouse, and the newest chapter in both of our lives, which is being not only a pregnant spouse, but a pregnant athlete and coach. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. And we're only a few weeks apart. So we're kind of having some similar things happening along our journeys there. And I'm excited to talk about all of that. She is absolutely awesome. I love watching her journey on social media and it's exciting to sit down and talk with her today. So Catherine, take it away. Tell us everything we need to know about you. All the essentials. Um, Well, as you said, my name is Catherine. Um, I am Catherine Baswell. I am the military spouse's healthy habits coach. Um, I am founder of Life Without Restrictions Coaching, and I'm an internationally ranked athlete in the CrossFit world. Um, I really actually got my start in fitness, something a lot of people don't know, working out in my basement, um, doing late night cardio on the treadmill, trying to lose weight. Uh, I have a lot of history in the dieting world and Um, you know, the whole reason I got started in coaching is because as I was going through my journey, I realized that there was so much misinformation out there, especially when it comes to nutrition and fitness geared towards women. Mm -hmm. Um, and it made me really mad. (laughs) It pissed me off because everything you see and everything you hear, you know, is, is geared towards weight loss and changing your body and, you know, trying to become as small as possible. I'm like, no, not everyone wants that. Like some of us really actually want to have muscle and to eat food and, and enjoy ourselves and and train. And, you know, not everyone wants the weight loss and, and that stuff, which isn't, there's nothing wrong with that. If, if weight loss is your goal, awesome. But like, there's so much more to the fitness world out there, especially for women. Um, and so that kind of kickstarted me getting into coaching, learning all I could about nutrition and fitness and exercise and, and how to coach and just really how to train the whole person and not one aspect. Um, but yeah, so it's a little bit about me, a little bit about what I do, all that stuff. I love that. Let's, um, I want to just kind of tap into that a little bit because I think it's super cool and something that um, is needed for a, a wide variety of reasons, having been a mil- an active duty military spouse um, and now a reservist spouse. Um, so just kind of jumping into that world, I was like, whoa, what is happening here? Um, because you've got deployments and PCS and you know all these things and like maybe even having to do single parenting for a while or solo parenting while the spouse is gone, uh, all the trainings, all this stuff, like there's a constant up and down roller coaster with that. And it can be super stressful. And so I saw a lot of unfortunate, um, almost like preying on military spouses. So not even just like women specifically, um, which is a whole thing we could talk about and rant on for like probably years, but then like you have a subset then within that of like military spouses. And I'm like, they target the crap out of these people. So again, you know, like rage. Um, but yeah. And, and so when I, I think we found each other, we're in a lot of the same group. We really are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't remember which one it was now, but I was like, oh, wait. she's helping like military spouses specifically with oh, that is awesome. And so I just thought it was so cool that you were like, let me, let me tap into this specifically. So what, what led you to that? Because you obviously could help women everywhere, all over the world. And you kind of just decided to tap into that. What was that journey like? So I've been a military spouse, um, for going on 10 years now. Uh, 
And so I have a, you know, a lot of experience in, in the world as a military spouse and going from being that spouse that really didn't have their own identity, um, you know, being young, getting married when you're 18, 19 years old, you don't have an identity of your own. And, and when you're taken away from everything that you've known, as far as your family, your hometown, all that stuff, you, you don't really know which way is up. And you have to kind of just conform to whatever it is, you know, your spouse's life, the life of the uh, base, all of that stuff. And so going from that to being a fully independent woman, um, you know, who owns their own business, who, who has a, a bachelor's degree, who has lived an entire life outside of the military community, um, it, it took me a while. It took, it, it took me getting out of the mindset of not having my own identity to see that they really, they really do. You know, these companies especially will prey on these women who have nothing else. And I don't say, you know, they don't have anything else in a bad way, but they don't have a support system. Mm -hmm. Most military spouses, you know, you're moving around so much. You might, you probably have a family, probably have kids. You don't have time for a job. You don't have the money to pay for a, um, you know, a, a babysitter or, or stuff like that. You know, you don't have money to pay for childcare just so that you can work. So a lot of these spouses will look for, you know, work from home positions and these companies, these MLMs and things like that, you know, prey on that. And, and they give out false information on the fitness and nutrition industry and all of that stuff in an effort to buy them in and make them feel like they're independent and, you know, give them something to work for. And it's all just a lie. And it pissed me off. <laughs> it did. And it still pisses me off seeing it because I see it daily. You know, I, I see it every single day. And so my mission is really because I am such a big part of this community and, and because I have such a, a long experience in this lifestyle, I feel the need to educate women who are in this lifestyle, but there is something else out there. You know, you don't have to just do what's pushed at you from the diet industry and all of that stuff. Like there is so much more out there that you can do and, and be outside of that. And so that's kind of my perspective on it is just being a part of that community. It pisses me off seeing these, these other people in these companies prey on that specific subset of women, <laughs> especially, you know? Well, I'm glad, I for one, I'm glad that you're here um, and doing the work that you do because it's, it is incredibly frustrating to see that and, and hope that someone, you know, there's, you're not alone in your efforts to like change the tide a little bit and provide better information, better options, better alternatives. Um, and you mentioned you are like just very casually too, an internationally ranked CrossFit athlete. So like CrossFit is yes. one of those things that um, I've actually really loved watching your journey and how you've scale different things, um, you know, throughout your, your first trimester and things like that with pregnancy, because I was like, how is she going to do this as a CrossFit athlete? Because there's so much back and forth in the CrossFit world about how to handle pregnancy and just training in general. And I was like, I wonder what she's going to do. And then to just watch you just very professionally be like, okay, I'm just going to scale this. And then being very honest about things. I was like, this is really cool because it just it just shows the level of professionalism that you have, not only as a coach, but as an athlete to say like, this is what's best for me and, you know, and my child and during this season, um, if you guys haven't been following her, you have to go and like start following her and then go back and watch like her stuff. Um, because it was, I don't know, it was just found it really encouraging because there is to me like this kind of hierarchy of people understanding CrossFit at like Kind of like a, a pedestrian like walk-in level and then people that have really committed to understanding the process of what that looks like as an athlete and training and you know wanting to push yourself to a next level um not everyone may agree with me on that but 
I've observed a lot of CrossFit <laughs> and I'm like, there are people who do it really well. And there are people who could use some help <laughs> with understanding what it is. Um, so what is it like transitioning from like being just, Hey, I'm Catherine and I do these things to, Hey, I'm Catherine. And I'm also a pregnant athlete doing these things. <laughs> it's been, it's been a change. I will say it's been a massive change to the way that I go about things. Um, but it's also been really fun, you know, because 10 years ago, well, I can't even say 10 years ago, you know, five years ago when I first got really bit, like really interested in training competitively, mm -hmm. um, I don't think I could have made the switch as easily as I did, you know, in this season of my life, but um, a lot of it really comes down to looking at the perspective of it, right? Like when you're pregnant, you need to understand that it, first off, a lot of people go into it thinking, especially if you were, um, an athlete beforehand or, you know, somebody who were just worked out regularly beforehand, you, you have a really solid foundation of movement habit. You go into pregnancy thinking, you know, I have to have a fit pregnancy. I, I have to, you know, keep up with everything that I'm doing, all this stuff. But pregnancy is such a short period of your life. And most people don't really look beyond that to what their life is going to entail, you know, a year postpartum, 10 years postpartum, 20 years postpartum. And when I went into this, Thankfully, I had been in the world that I'm in for long enough, the training world that I'm in, and had such good mentors um, that I really learned to look at it as, you know, it's one small season of your life. And if you intend to make this something that you continue doing for the rest of your life, you need to be willing to scale back now and focus on intention right now so that you can go back to intensity, you know, intensity later. And I mean, coming from somebody who, who was doing, you know, 200 pound cleans and, you know, stuff like that, like I miss it. I do. And it is a struggle every day not to want to go out and work out and, you know, do heavy cleans, heavy Olympic lifting and all the gymnastics work and stuff that I used to do. But I also know that right now my body is not where it needs to be for that physically. Like I am spending a lot of energy growing a tiny human. <laughs> you know how that feels. You know, we, it's, it's not the right time for me. And if I do the things that I need to do right now to protect my pelvic core, to maintain what I've built up and, and to just keep myself healthy. I know that a year from now, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, I will still be doing the stuff that I love doing. Um, so it's, it's, like I said, it's been a, a change for sure going from doing all of the high intensity stuff, all of the heavy lifting, all of that stuff to, you know, okay, this is what I'm going to be doing leg lifts from a Swiss ball for my pelvic core. And that's going to be my workout today, stuff like that. But it's worth it in the end, because I know that in the end, it's, it's really going to make the difference. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I, I know even so, like we say lifting heavy and for, for both of us, that's, that's pretty relative. Um, because, you know, like even now scaled back to, you know, maybe like 65, 70% intensity is still heavier than a large population of women yeah. have ever even considered touching. So people still see it on the internet, right? And they're like, are you supposed to be lifting that heavy? And you're just like, sorry, that's my little voice when I get annoyed with people <laughs> and that I read stuff. Um, and you're, <laughs> you've handled that with a lot of grace <laughs> and a lot of like proactivity with like, hey, I'm going to go ahead and make a post about this because clearly people are saying things and thinking things. Um, but it's like, are you supposed to be lifting that heavy? And you're like, it's not even that heavy because it, you're, you're comparing it to, you know, your max effort or your even like 90% or RPE or something like that. It was like a nine, maybe when you're really pushing and you're like, this isn't even close to that, but it's just yeah. looking at it from a different perspective. And they're like, yeah, what like, are you doing? <laughs> the weights, you know, the weights that I use now, like you said, are, are still weights that a lot of women, a lot of people would never in their life imagine being able to lift for themselves. But comparatively, I mean, 
most of the work that I'm doing is at a weight that I would be doing in my warm-up lifts. (laughs) So it's, it really is. And a lot of, there's that huge, and and I'm sure you get this too, especially in powerlifting, you know, that huge, like, that, that shift of, you know, you should, women shouldn't be lifting that heavy in general. Mm-hmm. And then going into pregnancy, it's, and I've seen this a lot in, in a lot of the groups that I'm in, but like that idea that pregnant women shouldn't lift more than 30 pounds. I'm like, well, I have a cat that weighs more than 30 pounds. <laughs> cat that weighs more than that. What do you want me to do? I, you know, I, I can't, I can't not just like 30 pounds for me wouldn't be a stimulus at all. It would be like, like trying- should I only carry one grocery bag in at a time then? Because yeah. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> exactly. And then, you know, you add into it, like uh, we talked about it. my husband's military, he's gone for three months. I'm taking care of the house solely by myself. So am I just supposed to not do anything, not lift anything, take care of the yard, do any kind of housework, anything like it's not (laughs) realistic. And, you know, that's another thing you have to look at is yes, I'm, you know, working out, lifting heavy, doing all of this, doing all this stuff. But at the same time, I'm also doing things, you know, training in a way that keeps me healthy to do everyday life. Yeah, definitely. And that's been, that's been a huge shift for me is thinking about that because I didn't know, for those of you who are listening who didn't know, um, I did not know that I was pregnant when I did my powerlifting competition. Um, and so that was obviously giving max effort that day. Um, baby's fine, by the way. Um, now, and then because of that, right, I rode that high and I was like, oh my God, that's amazing. Um, and I thought that was going to like foretell my future basically. And I was going to be like, okay, obviously I'll have to scale back, blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm just like, I know the things cause I've been studying this for a while. Super excited. And I'm going, okay. Um, so we'll just, we'll just kind of scale back some stuff. We'll avoid certain movements. We'll keep, but, it, but I should be able to keep going at this particular pace. And then wham, ran right into this huge wall called exhaustion, um, which apparently everyone's like, oh yeah, that's normal. And I'm like, no one told me that I was going to do this. Like, I'm like, I'm sleeping like 12 hours a day and taking a nap. This is not okay. Pregnancy <laughs> exhaustion is like no other exhaustion. Oh my gosh. So insane. So obviously that dictated what I could do, right? Because I mean, I wasn't, I was sleeping and I was exhausted. It was taking forever to rest in between sets. And then I wasn't recovering, obviously, because I was so exhausted. So I was like having to scale stuff back, scale stuff back. And I was getting, I was so stubborn. Um, my coach was really, really trying his best to like learn all this stuff and listen and work together and adapt things. And finally I hit this point where I was had like two days a week and I was still just like, my, like my main lift is taking like an hour and a half because of how much rest I'm taking in between these sets. And I was like, this is not working. Okay. I'm going to take a breath. <laughs> I need to reevaluate my life here. <laughs> um, yeah, because it was just like, you have to have the reality of you have this exhaustion and you still have life, right? You still have to like do things. And I, I'm still working. I have clients, I have things to do. So it was a combination of my like mentality of myself. But like you said, like thinking I've got to have this fit pregnancy. And I'm like, oh, I just came off. I mean, literally I found out, I looked at my coach. I'm like, I can still do the meet in September. Right. And he's like, um, no, (laughs) they're not going to let you, you're going to be huge. And they're going to be like, we can't handle that liability. That's not going to happen. I'm like, oh, we'll just do deadlift only. We'll switch to sumo. I'll pull deadlift only. It'll be fine. And he's just like, Mm, no, no. <laughs> I was just not prepared to shift. Yeah. Um, and now, now I am. Um, so now that I'm, you know, in second trimester, I spent a whole first trimester beating myself up and being like, I can do this. Um, and then now I, now that I'm in second, I'm like, let's, let's maybe have a little bit of a, a reality check. What's really important right now. Um, and making that switch has been more, it, more for me than anything. Cause it's like, I yeah. really, I thought that was going to set the tone, how expectations for myself and letting that go and saying what's important right now and thinking about it 
like you said, that's such a short season. What, what do I want to be doing long-term? Um, so maybe we should have this conversation sooner. (laughs) Spent several weeks going, I can do it. (laughs) So many women have that experience too, though, because like, I mean, like I said, I I see so many posts in, in the groups that I'm in where women are beating themselves up because, you know, they're in their first trimester and thankfully, luckily, and we talked about this beforehand, I am so thankful that I have had probably the smoothest pregnancy and there's going to be a lot of people out there who hate me for saying it for, you know, I didn't have the nausea or the morning sickness or anything. I literally just had the exhaustion and I felt like straight up ass in my first trimester. It was the hardest thing to just get out there and get moving and do something, even if it was 15 minutes of workouts. But there are women out there who, you know, are spending most of their days in front of a toilet who, who can't eat anything other than, you know, pasta or bread or just, you know, and, and they're, they're beating themselves up because they're like, I, you know, I wanted to be healthier than this. I wanted to, I was working out five days a week before this, and now I'm not doing anything. I feel like I'm failing. And I, I want, that's a huge thing, especially in the, you know, when you're pregnant is you are not failing, you are surviving. (laughs) It is literally like, you don't, realize it you don't fully grasp it until you're in the throes of it but it is not just regular exhaustion regular sickness where you feel like you can push through you are in survival mode for you know a lot of women the first 12 weeks of pregnancy for some women even longer than that some women it lasts their entire pregnancy it is literally survival mode there is no reason to feel like you are failing unless you are purposely doing something to you know, sabotage your pregnancy and sabotage yourself. If all you can do is walk from your bed to the living room that day, because you feel so tired and you are constantly puking. That's success. (laughs) You got it. (laughs) You are still breathing. If all you can do is, you know, like in my first, in my first trimester, one of my biggest things was, I had a lot of food aversions towards vegetables and stuff like that. Like I didn't get the food aversions towards protein. It was literally all vegetables. And I love vegetables. It's probably one of my favorite foods. All I wanted to eat was thin mints and saltines. Wow. (laughs) Luckily, luckily, and grilled cheese sandwiches. I actually, I stopped a a workout. I, I, like came to full stop mid-workout because I had the thought of a grilled cheese sandwich pop into my head and I had to go inside and make a grilled cheese sandwich. <laughs> mm-hmm. So if all you can do is live off of thin mints and, and saltines, you're eating something. You're eating something. You're not starving yourself. Right. Like calories are calories. Like and <laughs> at that point, you know, at that point, it, whatever you can eat is what you can eat good for you for actually eating something it's it's just stuff like that that I really wish pregnant women especially would not so much under understand just because I I don't want to put that on them as far as like it's not your fault that you've been told that you have to have a fit pregnancy or you have to do the perfect thing that is a societal issue. And that's, that's a whole other topic of discussion that I could go on for hours. Right. I know. I'm like, I see a series happening now. (laughs) Right. When, when, you know, when you're in the thick of it and you're in survival mode, good on you for just doing what you can do. Yeah. So absolutely. I I was rewriting my program last night for myself because I'm like, you know what, you spent a lot of years studying this so maybe it's time you actually kind of like took your own advice kind of thing and and work on a program for yourself and I showed it to my husband in my first draft and he goes hey so this looks great um looks looks awesome he's like so good on him for leading with like positive reinforcement first right and he goes but we've had you've had to like really scale back for your exhaustion to like two days and then you took a whole week off so maybe you save that for a couple weeks down the road after you've had time to build back up into it and he's like and maybe we start with like maybe three days this week instead of five and I was just like 
good call, man. Good call. Like I was just like, so ready my mentality. And he's like talking to me, he's he's working me through it. Right. He's like, basically he's like, now a lot of what I'm saying, I'm just repeating back what I've heard you say all this time. (laughs) I'm like, oh, when your words come back to haunt you. (laughs) Finally, I looked at him and I was just like, I'm, I'm receiving it. Right. I'm processing it. I'm accepting it. It's like going through the stages of grief. Right. And then I'm like, I looked down, I'm like, you're right. This is max effort. And I just like point down at my belly. Cause I'm like, that's it. Finally, like clicked in my head. I don't have to give max effort in these like workouts and stuff because I'm already, my body's already giving max effort growing a human. So I can't yeah. have a way to do like multiple max efforts like, at the same time. Yeah. So I was like, Oh, I don't know why it took that long for the light bulbs to go off, but God bless him for sitting there and like walking me through it step-by-step step in the most positive way possible. Um, so now like when I'm thinking about things, I was like, okay, I'm already giving my max effort. Like if that's your max effort, getting up and like you said, getting from your bedroom to the living room, that might be your max effort. You're doing the absolute best that you can. So I love that. And I think definitely as a society, we need to start championing that more for, for moms. Um, honestly, just in general, even beyond pregnancy, like that's the season that we're in, but just moms in general, like more permission. I, I thought about that actually in the shower. I do my best thinking there. Um, last night I was like, it's so weird to me now going through this season and you, I know you've experienced at least part of this because it's just so prevalent. People feel that like, as soon as you're pregnant, they can just start commenting on everything. Like your life is open for commentary. Um, even more than just as a female in general. Um, and I noticed I'm like, there's this weird permission that people start to give pregnant women that immediately goes away as soon as the child is like out of the womb and into the world, which is, oh, of course you need to leave early. You need to go home and rest. You're pregnant. Oh, of course. Yeah. I mean, definitely eat what you can, whatever you can makes sense. If you need a cinnamon roll, you just go for it. Cause you got to give that baby what it wants. Totally fine. Just, you know, treat yourself, enjoy it oh, of course you need to cancel plans. It's no big deal. You're tired, you're pregnant, of course, totally fine. And then like, as soon as the child is out and then like a mom is like, okay, well, you should be back to normal. Your body should bounce back. You should have total energy. You need to be super mom. You need to, and I'm just like, what happened to the permission? <laughs> like, yeah. Where did it go? Where did it go? Where, where did it go that like, I'm allowed to be eating my, my saltines and, and my thin mints to no, you have to have six packs. You know, you have to have a six pack six weeks after giving birth. That's not how that works. Where did that like, go? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I was like, there's just this permission of honestly, what I would just call self-care that we're allowed to have. Yeah. Pregnant. And then as soon as you're not pregnant anymore and it's like, oh, a shower's a luxury. And I'm like, you to, yeah, you have to be, you know, you, your self-care goes out the window. You're once, once, that baby is out, like you're no longer allowed to have basic human needs. Your life is all about other people. And if you want to do something for yourself, if you want to go spend 45 minutes working out, if you want to, you know, spend some time meal prepping, how dare you? That's so how dare you? And that's, yeah. And like, that's another thing. That's something that I actually work on a lot with, with my clients is it, who cares what I, anybody else says to you about it give yourself that permission mm-hmm. because nobody else is going to give you the permission and you have to learn to take it because otherwise you're just going to be continuing to give to other people and and no like nobody's going to give to you because moms come last yep all the time all the time yeah it's just it's it's a whole thing um and I think I know we both follow a lot of the girls gone strong stuff and have done a lot of their education and certifications and things like that. And I think one of the most powerful things that I've seen that is in that was um, really advocating that women deserve that kind of, you know, self-care and that permission and taking care of their nutrition and getting a workout in or in mental health and like all these things purely because they are human and they're a woman and not necessarily always saying, well, you need to do this so you can take care of other people and having this weird flaws attached to it. And I just thought that was really important. And so, I mean, that's something I've really tried to start bringing into the conversation with mom. Like, oh yeah. I mean, if you, if you don't take care of yourself, how are you going to take care of others? What, why is it always about, they can't always be about doing something for other people, right? <laughs> remove, 
others from the situation. If you don't take care of yourself, how can you expect yourself to live? Like you are worthy of, of caring for yourself and giving yourself basic necessities, taking, you know, showing yourself love for no other reason than the fact that you are a living, breathing human being. Yes, you brought another person into the world. Fantastic. That's, that is a pretty phenomenal feat, but that's not your whole worth. That's not your entire, you know, that was not your entire life's mission. Right. You are a full person on your own and you deserve it for no other reason than you are a full person on your own. Yep. And that's, I mean, I think that's super powerful for their, their kids to see is that I am, I am deserving of this. This is because it teaches what a human deserves as a human. So if they see that, it's like, I accept no less for myself. You can accept no less for yourself. And then it's going to just ripple effect, bring good things out into the world which is why I feel like self-care is, it's still housed in this box of like selfishness. Like it's taking something away from other people. Yes, indulgence. Indulgence. I'm, I'm, and I hate it because like, it's also attached to shame and guilt as well. Like if I'm being indulgent for myself, it's because I'm taking away from other things that I should be doing or I could be doing. No, you're just there you're being indulgent for yourself that's fine you're doing something for yourself that's fine (laughs) that's and that's you know having having a girl especially Mm -hmm. um has given me my next question (laughs) having knowing that i'm having a girl especially is is has given me a whole new purpose for what i'm doing and you know the kind of coaching that i do and the kind of work that i do because i I will be damned if my daughter grows up with the same mindset around, you know, food and exercise and, and what it means to be a woman that I did. You know, there were, there was so much misinformation and just negativity around this stuff. And, and it really set me up for failure so early and knowing that I am, you know, having a little girl, I'm like, I don't want that for her. Mm-hmm. I don't want her. I want her to grow up and know that it's okay to say no to other people so that you can say yes to yourself and, and to, to, you know, know that your worth is not attached to the way that your body looks or the food that you eat or any of that stuff. Like it's, it's definitely been a huge driving factor in, in where I'm taking things as far as my business goes and my coaching and just the way that I view the world at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're not sure yet, um, either way, but I feel like it's going to be important either way. And I'm not, I can't, you know, change my entire paradigm and ethos. Um, if it is a boy, because I'm like, I still believe that the women's health is still lacking and, and needs a lot of work. Um, but if anything, I went, you know, the boy, right. Like to, that sees that as important. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's, it's, it goes both ways. You know, we need to change the way that everyone thinks about it because yes, you know, women need to start taking back that power for themselves, but also they need support in that too. Mm-hmm. And it's going to take raising, you know, raising women to take back that power and raising men to support them in it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm like, either way, either way, I either get to try to like raise a, you know, a girl that champions this or a boy, either way, it doesn't matter. Like, it's just, it's such a, an exciting, overwhelming responsibility to think about like, oh my gosh, like, how can I, how can I do this? Um, but I, I love a lot of the messaging you've already started putting out, especially when, once you, as soon as you guys did your reveal and it was a girl, it was this level of excitement. Like, oh my God, it's going to be such a badass girl. <laughs> it's going to be so awesome. Uh, I mean, I would have felt the same way either way, but I was just like, oh yeah, this is, this is happening to a really good person because she's going to be like, okay, here we go. <laughs> Say with me, I'm strong, I am capable. <laughs> like every morning it's going to be like a mantra. 
I think it was meant to be that I have a little girl because I, I'll tell you what, that is, I always say, you know, in, in, in my coaching and stuff like that, my driving force has really been this idea that I want to be able to bake cookies with my kids. And especially, you know, I, I've always had this thought that I'm going to have little girls. I'm like, I've always wanted to bake cookies for Christmas with, with my daughters and not worry about the calories that are in them not worry about gaining weight from them or being fat from them I don't I've never wanted to have daughters who grew up seeing that and and having that be their role model and so when we found out we were having a girl I was like this is literally what I was meant to do <laughs> this is I was supposed to be a girl mom because I am supposed to raise strong women who understand their worth outside of everything else. You're like, this is what I've been training for. It's my moment. <laughs> this is my moment. It's like a little training montage, like all the things you've done. And then it's like, Catherine, girl, the Rocky, extraordinary. Like, montage like, in the background. And then you get to the top of the steps and it's just a Simba moment with a little girl. <laughs> This needs to happen. I need this. Oh, oh. <laughs> it's going to be the newborn photos. It's like, here we go. Training montage and then present, <sighs> present baby to the world, which I think she has a secret name, right? You're not yes. Yes, she does. We have not told anybody the name, uh, but her initials are CJ. So we just call her CJ. Okay. So baby CJ right. is to the world. Yeah. Yes. That's so cute. So cute. So, wow. Okay. I definitely want to bring you back for a series because I feel like we have so many more things and also to kind of talk about where we're at with, cause you are 17 weeks now. Yes. Yep. I am. No, 18. I'm sorry. I, 18. Okay. Yeah. So 18 weeks. So we're like well in the second trimester and then I mean, obviously things changed. I feel like rapidly after this point where it's just like, oh my gosh, time is flying now. Um, yeah. and time comes to like a complete standstill here around like week 32. And it's just like, Grrr. so, um, be great. We'll like check back in talk about other topics and see what's going on in your life. But, um, curious to know what are some things you feel like maybe, maybe one thing or two things that you feel like you've learned so far that even with all of the professional education and everything that you just feel like you couldn't have learned without experience um and just going through this you know yourself right now like what are some things you feel like you've learned so far in regards to like just mom mom life and training and you know all these things and you're like okay I, there's no way I could have comprehended this without just going through it I think the biggest thing is you know like I said like we talked about earlier, um, knowing the season of the season of life you're in and that it is such a short season and also understanding that the circumstances that you're in will not be the circumstances you're in forever. Like we talked about, you know, you, people talk about pregnancy exhaustion and when you're not pregnant, you're just like, Oh, that's funny. You need a nap. Ha ha. That's cute. no, <laughs> You know, you wake up after sleeping 12 hours and, and feel like you need a nap an hour later. And then that nap is three hours long and you wake up feeling like you still need it. Like you, the exhaustion is incomprehensible. And for a lot of women, it's, it's one of those things that you like, it's so hard for them to wrap their heads around and, and to figure out like, why can't I do the things that I usually do? Why can't I get up the energy to go make dinner or to even just go for a walk? So really, you know, and, and it's not, not really pregnancy specific, but just life in general, understanding that the season of life that you're in is not always gonna be where you're stuck unless you let yourself stay stuck there, you know? things are going to change and you have to be able to modify and, and adjust yourself to where you're at right now, adjust your expectations of yourself and go with the flow. And honestly, for myself, I really think that's why the transition into being pregnant was so easy for me 
with my training and stuff like that because as soon as I found out I was like well okay <laughs> I I guess I have to start modifying you know it's it's not going to be permanent but let's go let's just start you know see where this goes and so adjust your expectations for yourself and and understand that it's not a permanent situation yeah definitely what is the one thing or one of the things because I know there's more than one um that you've heard since you've been pregnant um going through especially I guess like this first trimester that you're just like what <laughs> because um I feel like I'm gonna work on an ebook that's like things that you should not say to um moms in their first trimester and then just kind of like go from that and do like one and second and one and third because I have heard some of the weirdest things come out of people's mouths and I am like what <laughs> Let me, before, before I tell you mine, what's yours? Oh man. Um, I think, I think the, the first, one of the first ones I heard was, so you're going to stop lifting now. Right. Um, which was just like, uh, no, no, absolutely not. And then a quick follow-up to that was, I mean, if, are you going to keep working? <laughs> um, and I was like, it's kind of my life's work. So yes. Um, but honestly, it's, it's been things like related to the birth that I just feel, I'm just like, is this a normal question for you to ask? I mean, I'm talking like a week or two after, like I even went public with stuff. People are asking me things like, so are you going to have a natural birth? Are you going to have an epidural? Are you going to, and I'm just like, I don't know any of these answers yet. (laughs) And then they proceed to tell me their, you know, their experience or their opinion. And I'm just like, Thank you. Thank you for sharing. But I, I don't have an answer for you. And quite frankly, I will not be basing my decision off of this story that you're telling me. So (laughs) I think for me, outside of the normal, you know, you shouldn't be lifting that or Mm -hmm. um, one of my favorites is always uh, pregnant women should only walk. You should only, you should cut out exercise and you should only walk. I think that's one of my favorites just because it's such a huge misconception and I'm like no that's I mean yes walking is optimal to running when you're pregnant just because of you know changes and all that stuff so yes that's that's probably better than a better option mm-hmm. but like no <laughs> that's not true at all it's not gonna hurt the baby it's that's another is lifting is gonna hurt the baby and I'm like do you know how wrapped up that baby is that baby might as well be in bubble wrap. I could bounce it and it's not going to do anything. <laughs> bounce it. <laughs> Literally bounce it across the floor. It's not going to do anything, trust me. Um, but along the same lines, the weird questions and the weird comments that you can get about birthing. I had somebody, because I had already, you know, I, I my goal for myself, and this is not to say that anybody, you know, anybody who does it any different is wrong because in my opinion, however, you birth a child, you're a superhero. You did it. Absolutely. Um, I would love to have a natural birth. And I, I made the mistake of it came up in conversation and I said something and someone said famous last words and then proceeded to tell me all the reasons why I was going to change my mind. And I'm like, that's nice. This kid's coming out of my vagina so right how about your opinions over there but it's just yeah like all the weird out there opinions that people have or think that they're like you can have your opinions whatever right. but they, they find per, they give themselves permission mm-hmm. to give you and I'm just like no that still doesn't apply no I didn't Mm-mm. no Absolutely. and then the touching Weird oh, straight up no I'm hardcore like thankfully I will say there not there's not really been a lot of pros with like COVID but like one of, the, one of the pros is that very very limited touching going on because people are like hold on let me just back up a minute for the most part so I'm like okay there's something good about that at least but yes luckily, yeah luckily with you know, working from home and, and really not being around people all that much, it hasn't been a huge issue, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm 
already. I'm just like, yeah, no, if you could continue to stay six feet away from me. Thanks. <laughs> please. Even after COVID is over, just that six foot range. That's don't good. touch it. Personal bubble. I like that. <laughs> just stay there. Um, you know, weirdly enough, one of the things that I heard was actually from um, an OBGYN. Um, and when I asked her, cause I was just curious about some stuff and she was like, I mean, basically whatever you've been doing, you can keep doing it. I'm just like, okay. Um, and I didn't realize at the time because my like professionals, I was just like, that's not very helpful information. Let me give you a list of reasons of why you shouldn't say this to your patients. Um, I didn't realize though, at the time hearing it from the, the quote provider, right? Like the person you're the, the ultimate source of information that you're supposed to be able to go to for these questions. And you look up something and it's like, talk to your provider, talk to your provider. And you're like, okay, I will. And you ask the question and you get basically no feedback on that's actually helpful. And I let that, I didn't realize how much I let that kind of like attach to me. And then when I couldn't just keep doing what I was doing, I was like, huh, I must not be doing something right. Or I must be failing somehow or, or whatever, because she was the ultimate source. Right. And she just kind of yeah. gave me a blanket recommendation, like, Hey, just keep doing whatever you've been doing. And I was just like, but I can't. So like, is that not okay? Do I need to be worried now? Like I'm a first time mom, like how tired is too tired. <laughs> like, Along those lines, one of thankfully I have not heard this from my doctor. Um, because I, my doctor is very much of the same mindset that I am. Um, but I hear from a lot of women that their doctor tells them they need to stop eating so much because they're gaining too much weight and they've only gained like 20 pounds in their pregnancy. And, and I'm like, first of all, your doctor's not a registered dietitian. Your doctor has no training to be giving you that advice. Second, like, pl please understand that when you're pregnant, very little of how much weight you gain is within your control. Right. <laughs> your body can do whatever it's going to do. Whether, I mean, I've seen, you know, I, I've seen some of the top level athletes, CrossFit athletes who are, you know, training, used to training five and six hours a day who have their nutrition dialed in to you know, to every T crossed, every I dotted, and they're gaining 60 and 70 pounds in their pregnancies. I've seen women who have never worked out a day in their life who eat nothing but, you know, should sweets gain 20 pounds, 15 pounds. I'm like, it, it doesn't, you know, <laughs> it's just bad advice. It's just bad advice. Yes. It's, and it, it sets you up for failure because it does. It makes you feel like you're failing. Like, well, why can't, why can't I do this? Why can't I only gain the recommended amount? Well, it's because your genetics tell you that's not what's going to happen. And you can't out, like you can't out eat your genetics. I'm sorry. It doesn't work that way. I mean, there's so many other factors for that too. I mean, you've got like higher blood volumes, you've got like water retention. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's so many other yeah, things. Yeah, exactly. Like, exactly. So to tell somebody that they should only, you know, they, they are 30 weeks into their pregnancy and they've gained 20 pounds or gaining too much weight. It, it's, it's wrong. It's dangerous because you are not accounting. Like I get it. You're a doctor. You, you know how babies grow and stuff like that, but like, you're not a dietitian. You don't know a, how much they're eating as it is and B like how that's affecting their body. So, yeah. I mean, and to that point, it is so prevalent that when I had my, my consult with my doula, um, she's like, I just, I just have to ask you, she's like, do you have any hangups over weight gain and pregnancy? She's like, because I know a lot I've worked with, I know a lot, I've worked with a lot. And she's like, and if they're into like, you know, fitness, if they're like the fitness people, sometimes they have a really hard time wrapping their head around the fact that they're going to gain weight, their body's going to change. Like they're going to have to go through this process. And she's like, are you, are you struggling with any of that? And I was just like, no, I mean, I've pretty much, I'm actually kind of worried about the fact that I haven't really gained a whole lot yet because 
I feel like that makes like I'm not eating enough. Like I'm having trouble because mostly because I've had a huge protein aversions, right? Like I feel like this baby is basically a vegetarian. Um, and I'm like, I love chicken. What's wrong with you? Um, but anyways, so I'm like, you know, because I'm over here, like I can't eat any protein. I don't know what I'm doing. So I've like traded stuff out for vegetarian sources because I'm like, all right, if you're a vegetarian, you're gonna have to learn how to do this because some protein in here. Um, so that's been, that's been fun, but it, it is so prevalent. That was one of the first questions that we had to go over was, did I have any kind of mental reservations and hangups over waking in pregnancy, which gave me pause, not because I did, but because I was like, does this happen a lot? Like, is this, is this really, and she's like, yeah, she's like, it really is a huge, wow. And I was like, wow, how prevalent is diet culture that it, it just permeates all the way through a natural thing called weight gain during pregnancy. <laughs> like, um, so that was, yeah. it was very eye-opening for me to hear that from her perspective. Um, not just, you know, a fitness coach, but from a doula perspective to hear that. Yeah. It was yeah. yeah. So, um, okay. That's, that's, that's a really good start to a good ebook there with like things that, you know, weird things that pregnant people hear and, maybe some things you shouldn't say. Um, I, I always like to try to give people like, um, don't be, don't complain about something unless you're part of the solution, right? So um, some things that I have heard that I would consider to be really positive and framework that I would encourage people to use. And I'm sure you've probably hopefully gotten some of these too. Um, I had someone the other evening give me a really, and it caught me off guard because it was so respectful. Um, she said, do you mind if I ask how many weeks along you are? And it was one of the most refreshing things that I've heard this whole time because she was asking, she didn't just go, Oh, how far along are you? And it was like, because me, that's, it feels personal. Um, and it is, it's almost like asking, you know, like, are you diabetic or like, nobody just walks around asking these personal questions. <laughs> um, but again, pregnancy gives people this unspoken permission and she asked that question. Um, and then later she asked him, she goes, do you mind if I ask? And I was just like, ah, oh, thank you. Because it just, it gave me this, this space to say no. Um, yeah. say, Actually, I'd rather not answer that question and know that she wasn't expecting an answer. Um, I really appreciated that because of the way that she, she framed that. And I was like, this is, this is good. This is something positive. I feel like people can start like, you know, oh, you're pregnant. How are you feeling about that? Because there's this automatic, oh, congratulations. Are you excited? You must be so excited. And I'm like, maybe give people space because there's a lot to process there. <laughs> um, even if you are, I, we've been trying for a while. We were, we've been hoping for that, but I had a, a lot of anxiety just as a person. I have a therapist for it. So my immediate response, I was very, very happy. And I was immediately also very, very anxious. So that was huge for me, but yeah. yeah. I mean, my entire first trimester, I literally, I would break down in tears at the drop of a hat because I had such anxiety over it. And just having, you know, I, I had the same, I had the same experience. I would have people who would ask, you know, do you mind if I ask, you know, are you okay? We haven't heard from you in a while. Are you okay? How are you feeling? Do you need, you know, do you need just having somebody ask that permission? Mm -hmm. It, to, you know, leave that space in between the question and themselves. And it made it so much easier to open up because there, you know, like you, we had been trying for a while and there were a lot of struggles on my end and I didn't know if it was ever going to happen. And when it finally did, like the anxiety, it was crippling sometimes. And so, yeah, just having somebody ask that permission and, and leave it open is a very powerful experience. Definitely. Yeah. I would definitely encourage people to do that as well. Um, was there something that you would like to maybe leave with listeners that might be expecting or hanging out around expecting moms? Cause there's a lot of us now. Um, <laughs> it seems like even with just in our circles, um, that you would encourage them to, to do to offer either for themselves, maybe like struggling with anxiety, like how you've coped with that or, um, and or something that you have found to be extremely supportive within your circle that you would encourage other people to do in support of their expecting friends? 
Um, I think at least from my perspective, you know, one of the biggest things is be supportive, but give space. If, if an expecting mom is coming to you and complaining about their exhaustion or their nausea or whatever it is, there is no reason for you to say, oh, that sucks, but just wait. You know, just wait until dot, dot, dot. Be supportive and say, oh man, that I, you know, I, I really feel for you. Uh, I, that must really be hard. How can I help you? You don't have to add that and onto it. You know, there is no reason to tell me, just wait, it's going to get worse. I already know. <laughs> but I'd like to My just anxiety live- already knows that. Thank you. <laughs> to just live in the anxiety that I'm in right now. You know? <laughs> Give me a little bit to process this before I move on to the next one. <laughs> I think that's really the biggest thing is, is, be supportive, but don't offer opinions and, and all of that stuff, unless you're prompted to, because right. we don't, <laughs> I'll no. be frank. We, we are too tired and our filters have run out. We don't want to hear it. <laughs> well, and I think that, I mean, that the second side effect of that is because people would say, oh, you'll have, you're going to have to do that a lot. Um, you're just gonna have to smile and nod and just, you know, say, okay, thank you. And let people, and I'm like, do I really though? Because I don't think I do. (laughs) I'll tell, I'll be perfectly honest with you. When somebody gives me an opinion that I don't want to hear or that was unsolicited and isn't helpful, I'm just like, yeah, no, how about you just not, that wasn't necessary. Right. It call people out. Seriously, the more uncomfortable you make people, the less they're going to do it. <laughs> I mean, it's it's not unlike um, when we're talking about changing. Well, how are we going to change society? How are we going to change culture? Unless, I mean, that, that, that is a whole discussion, right? Um, but it does start with that. It starts with calling people out instead of just smiling and nodding and being, you know, placative with it. It's like, you know, I, I understand you're trying to share something that you feel like is important, but I actually didn't ask for your opinion. And if they get, if they get upset about it, that's, that's okay. That's actually a good thing. They need to be uncomfortable with just giving, you know, their unsolicited opinions and advice to people. I actually had a situation, um, not going to go into much detail about it because I need to address this person personally before just like broadcasting it on the air. Um, but a person called and was giving me very detailed commentary on, um, a baby registry. And I was just like, yeah, I didn't ask for that. <laughs> I didn't. Um, and it wasn't, it wasn't phrased in a, Hey, I, I was looking over this and I noticed some things that weren't on there and wanted to know, you know, if you guys had a reason for that, if maybe you guys had thought about wanting to add these things, it wasn't framed in like, Hey, can I ask you a question about this? Or, you know, because obviously pregnancy brain, there's a lot to think about. Um, it wasn't framed like that. It was, I had literally the words used were, we have some thoughts. And I was like, this isn't a movie that's up for review and you're not movie critics. So what the hell? <laughs> that's basically my response. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, it just, it runs the gamut from like the random, oh yeah, just wait, it gets worse to literally people kind of interjecting themselves. And I mean, it was literally like a phone call. Hey, we ha-, and I'm just like, that's, I'll tell you what. No, not okay. (laughs) That is 100% the reason why we have a secret baby name. Because the first time I hear somebody say something about the name that we've chosen, I will not be nice about it. (laughs) There will be. I'm saving you guys, really. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. Yeah, definitely. Well, I don't want to end this conversation because it's been a blast and you're fantastic. And I cannot believe that we've never actually like chatted beyond Facebook Messenger and groups before because I'm like, you're the coolest. <laughs> so, um, we'll definitely have to do it again. I'd love to keep kind of continuing this pregnancy series. It's just, it's been really cool to see all these other coaches that are expecting right now and kind of how they're handling that and where they're at with their journeys. Um, and specifically because you do compete um, at this athletic level, it's been really encouraging to watch 
your journey and that shift um, because it, it is an athlete brain um, and, and working through that. And then just knowing also like, hey, another military spouse, you know, another coach, um, it's just been really encouraging to just watch your authenticity through throughout what you've been posting on social media and how just supportive you've been. I mean, in every every arena that I've ever seen you in, you've just been like this beacon of like authentic, raw, honest, you know, just reality and yet support for people. And um, I'm just really grateful that you were able to come on today and have a conversation. Look forward to having you back. Um, and obviously I've chatted up your social medias like this whole time. It's like plug, plug, plug. Um, but I just love, I mean, I just love supporting other, you know, strong women, not necessarily just even ones that like agree with me, but there's so much good that you're putting out there. And I just think more people need to see it. So where can people find you on the, on the interwebs? <laughs> so you can find me on Instagram at uh, coach Catherine Basil. And that's Catherine with a C. A lot of people get that mixed up. Um, and then it would be the same for Facebook. So on Facebook, if you want to find my business account, uh, Coach Catherine Baswell, or honestly, I'm an open book. If you want to send me a friend request, I love having new friends. So send me a friend request. If you want to join my private Facebook group, uh, that's Life Without Restrictions, Healthy Living Without Dieting. Um, but yeah, other than that, you know, I've, I've had a blast being here. I, I absolutely love talking to you and I really can't believe that it's, it has been, we've been friends for so long and we have not had a conversation, which when you, when you asked me about coming on the podcast, I'm like, uh, duh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Why wouldn't I? Absolutely. Like I, I've, you know, same thing. I've been following you for so long. And then when you got into powerlifting, I was just like, oh man, that's going to be awesome. She is going to rock that. And then you told me, you know, you told me about your pregnancy and finding out right after the first meet. And I'm like, oh, wow. <laughs> well, this yeah. is fun. So yeah, like I, you know, I would love to come back on. I've had a blast talking to you and, and I really, well, I think there's a lot of conversation to be had here. So many, so many, I know I'm like, mm, maybe I can like sneak in like, Hey, do you want to like part-time co-host this with me? Cause I think that could be fun, but I'm just like, you know, let's give her some space. Let's not put too many expectations on her first time out. Like, <laughs> so, but absolutely. Um, now follow-up question to that really quick. Cause one of the next questions is, um, you know, people are like, Hey, are you still coaching people right now? Are you taking new clients? That's always a thing. Um, I know sometimes people are doing like some group coaching right now and that sort of thing. So what, um, if someone's like, Hey, I'm a military spouse, I need you. Like what, what's that looking like right now with you with, with pregnancy? Um, and for right now, um, you know, I, I really debated back and forth with, with this because being, you know, you know, being a, being a coach, being a small business owner and being pregnant, the anxiety comes in about what am I going to do with my clients when, um, you know, I want to take that maternity, maternity leave and I want to be able to be there for my family. Um, so I am taking on new clients. I'm coaching up until it'll be completely virtual um, up until the end of September. Um, and then I will be taking a small hiatus, but I will still be on my social media. I will still be in my Facebook group, all of that stuff. Um, and then hopefully come the new year, I'll be back, uh, doing my coaching thing, doing all that. Um, but I am actually gearing up in June. My, uh, pro my coaching program, my 12 week coaching program will be going on sale as a self-paced program. So you can get my life without restrictions, self-paced program in June. That way you don't need to worry about coach Catherine going anywhere, leaving you an alert, anything like that completely self-paced do it yourself and then I like I said in my Facebook group answering questions handling everything there nice awesome that's so great um so there you have it you guys you've met Catherine um I've gotten to like chat with her kind of live um with Facebook one of these days I'm just gonna like fly out where I don't know Texas or somewhere wherever we end up going like both of us and we'll meet up in person it'll be fun um but for now thank you so much for being here you guys go and follow her she is fantastic can't wait to have her back um and wishing you all the light and love on your wellness journey we can't wait to see you back here next time on what in the wellness awesome okay
Hey guys, thanks so much for listening today. If you're interested in being a sponsor or a patron of this podcast to help us develop more resources and get more exciting things out into the world about the global perspective on integrative wellness and health, please feel free to reach out via email or message. And I look forward to seeing you and the new subscribers that you're going to bring to the podcast as we go along on this journey. Thank you so much for being here and I wish you all the best and light and love as you continue throughout your day today.